Welcome to the Two Old Kids and Two Young Adults podcast. We've combined life experience with young adult drive and ambition. Are you just starting to college plan? Did you finish your education and wonder, now what? Join us in this lively discussion about the topics you need to know to create the next stage of your life's dreams, careers, finances, education, and more. Awesome. Well, I'll lead us into this week and welcome to the Two Old Kids, Two Young Adult Podcast. I'm joined by my wonderful hosts, Amy Scruggs and Ed Sanderson. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about the um, college essay and personal statement process, which a lot goes into that. We have a resident expert in Ed Sanderson, and he kind of does this for a living. So I think he's probably the uh, best person around to talk about it. So welcome, everyone, and um, welcome to our hosts. A good introduction, Alex. Just, nice job, buddy. I love it. I've improved. Thank you. Learn <laughs> from the best. Ed, you've got some good information today. I'm actually going to let you kind of share what our topic is so we can dive in. Yeah, so I get a lot of questions. And believe it or not, I have a couple people watch our podcast or listen to it, eat, well, a little bit of both. And they said, hey, um, I really enjoyed that piece that you did on leadership, extracurricular activities, and community service. And then the next question is, what else should we, should my student be doing in the summer? And a lot of times the answer I get, what they think is like, we're gonna go on college tours. And then I have to remind them, colleges are like ghost towns in the summer. There's probably some faculty running around, maybe some students bobbing around here and there, but it doesn't have the vibrant activity as it does when it's in, in session. So we're gonna park that college tour thing for another one of our podcasts, but we are gonna talk about the personal statements. Uh, I call them essays, but they are personal statements because the universities and colleges wanna know something personal about you as the student. So we have this panel, our hosts, and we're gonna look at it from a parent's perspective. Amy went through this with her daughter. Alex went through this in preparation for college. So we're gonna kind of give you perspective from different angles. And then as the professional coach, where I go in and help people along with this, I'm gonna give you some thoughts some tips and ideas as we, as you can go through it. But summer is important because I know it's gonna be hard to believe if you are a rising senior in your family or you are a rising senior, you should already be writing. And by the way, if you're a rising junior, you probably should kind of think about this too. So before I get into it, I'm gonna put the same graphic up that we had last week. I'm gonna describe it to those who are listening and not watching. For those of you who are watching, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, you'll be able to see it. So here we go. Alex, Amy, tell me when you can see it. We've got gotcha. you. All right. So a little yep, bit of recap for those of you who can't see it from, and those of you who listened or watched last week on the left-hand side, basically it's a chart. Let me just tell you what it is. It's a chart that basically says the relative importance of application components for the top 250 colleges and universities. I would tell you <laughs> that if it's good enough for the top 250, it's good enough for everybody, right? So here we go. 15% of the application decision-making process at the university level are test scores. Now that has changed. And let me tell you why. Some schools have made it optional. 
Some schools have said, we don't even want it. Some states have outlawed it to even be considered. So that percentage is going to shift. So it's going to go, okay, if it's not in test scores, where is it at? Grades and coursework, 20%. If you're a senior in high school, there's not much you're going to be able to do about that. We talked last week in our last podcast about extracurricular activities. That was the big chunk, 30%. You got to pay attention to it. The next big piece are the personal statements of the essays. 25% of the decision-making process is going to come from what you as a student writes, from a parent's perspective, what your kids are going to write for the admissions side of the quote-unquote personal statement. Last piece, 10% recommendations, relationships, interviews. We're going to talk a lot about each one of these pieces throughout the summer and into the fall. But the reason we're talking about personal statements right now is because it's the perfect time to get started. So I know it's one of those things where it's like, we live in California, so we're going to talk about California, but the principles are the same. And a lot of kids out of state come to California, particularly in the UC system. So Amy's daughter is going to a UC, Alex applied to a UC. This is important stuff because it's the thing that takes the most time. Filling out an application, hour or two at most, doing your brag sheet or resume, a couple of hours at most, um, asking for and getting letters of recommendation, a couple of hours at most. I'm telling you right now, the biggest chunk of time outside of community service and extracurricular activities is writing. It better be good. It better be interesting. You better answer the prompt and you better shine. And I mean, the minute they read that first paragraph, you have two sentences to get their attention. So if I'm an admissions officer and I've read, you see, UCLA is probably getting about 140,000 applications this coming fall. And I can't do the math because I'm tired, but let's just multiply that by four. That's 280, 280 times to what's that, Alex? 560,000 personal 560. that have wow. to be sorted through by the team of admissions people and readers. By time that reader gets to essay number 97,322, they're burnt. I know it's their job imagine? and they have to That's do it tough. professionally. But anything that starts like once upon a time or they regurgitate the prompt, you're done. You better come out of the gate, punching, out of the corner, punching and getting their attention so you can get them kind of committed to the 350 words. And by the way, in the UC system, you got to write four 350 word personal statements because they want to see different facets of your personality and what you've done. So it transcends the statistical data and the information on the application. They want to hear what's going on with you. And this is the piece that people get tripped up on is they wait to the last minute. And when you wait to the last minute and you procrastinate and you've got your back to school and you've got class and you've got homework and you've got uh, extracurricular activities and you've got sports and you've got all these things that you're doing, maybe even a part time job. And you go back to school at the end of August, applications become available, and they're due less than three months later, you have a challenge on your hands. So the best thing you can do is start as, 
as early as possible. And by the way, this is what connects to last week's episode. If you've got good community service, you've got good relationships, you've got good leadership, you have really great stuff to write about. Where most young people struggle is they don't have that stuff and they don't know what to write about. So this is super important. And I would say that (laughs) the minute you realize what you're up against, you're going to be thanking us for putting this as part of this podcast. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about any school that you're contemplating attending or at least applying to. And I want you to go to their website, go to Common App, go anywhere and find out what the writing requirements are. I just did this with a rising senior. He had 11 schools. Now brace yourself. Four UC essays. We got that. Common App requires another 650. On top of that, he's looking at USC, Duke, Stanford, Princeton, a bunch of those oh. high-end top 250s that we were just talking about. Oh my gosh. Stanford has a, I'm gonna make I'm gonna mess this up. They have, I think, four additional writing questions plus another eight individual writing, like quick answer questions. USC has three. Duke, I think, had two. And all of them are unique. You can't take the why us application essay prompt from Stanford and use it for Duke. Wow. You can't say when they ask you, why are you coming here? You can't copy and paste that. And you sure as heck can't get on the first page of the website. Think you're going to find something really quick and easy and jot that down. And let me tell you what the answers aren't. I like the weather. I like the buildings. My family went there. My family's from there. That ain't going to. Oh, and I like the athletic teams. Those are the ones I usually see. They don't care. They want to know what do you know about them that makes them special and unique that it makes sense for you to apply there. So I've thrown down the gauntlet. I'm a little animated because I deal with this stuff every single summer and fall. I really want to get Alex's experience from a student who went through it. And I want to hear Amy's experience of watching her daughter go through it. And I want you guys to share kind of your perspective on it. Mm-hmm. And if I said something that doesn't align with what you're thinking, correct me and, and or not, whatever. Let's just talk about it. Alex, you go first. Talk about the application process you went through, particularly as it relates to the personal statements. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I remember I started very late. That one person that you talked about who was just starting school up sent an application to 16 different schools guilty. That was me. And it was tough because I was an overachiever. And so waiting to the last minute was so tough trying to maintain those good grades throughout my first trimester on top of extracurricular activities as well. But now you brought the um, example, Ed, that one individual you're working with, probably going to have to write 15, 20 essays, right? So I think a great thing for me that was super helpful. Never forget, we had that big whiteboard at your office, Ed, and we'd write everything down. We'd give ourselves a timeline, like, all right, let's get three essays done this week. And we broke it up. It's extremely easy to get overwhelmed, especially if you have 15, 20 essays to write on top of just the applications and everything that that entails. So I think having a few core focuses for a particular week and setting those hard deadlines 
that was extremely helpful for me. I didn't get overwhelmed. I only had a few to focus on. I think at the end of the day, too, one of the best pieces of advice I got is you know, what makes you unique? You can just be another number, but what's the story about yourself that really shows this university, wow, I want this person in my university? Because think about it. If you're running a university, a business, whatever it may be, you want someone who's unique. You want someone who's going to make you look good. And I think maintaining that in your mind when you're writing these essays, am I going to make the school look good? And how do I convey that in these essays? I think that is extremely important. So Alex, just following up on that, by the way, I wish Capri was here because we did hers last fall. I And she can comment on this briefly next week when she's back. But I think she did 22. I think she wow. did 22. Um, we started at the beginning of summer and even for her, cause she's pretty active. She had a part-time job. She was doing community service. And I think the thing, she was awesome and she's a really good writer. So we were just tweaking, massaging things, doing edits. And that's the other thing people, young people don't think about is like, you think that first draft is going to be, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> Alex, how many nope. different down. <laughs> revisions did you go through when you were doing it? Oh my gosh. So many, I mean, I would probably for some of them five or six, and I'm so grateful for that because writing, it really is a process. It's like cooking. You got to tweak things. That first draft, you're going to read it the next day and be like, oh, that was not the best sentence. I should not be using that word. But I think it's so important just to revisit those, even if it is week after week. Just, I think I like what you said, Ed, about massaging and tweaking things because, again, the more time you have to write, the better it's going to be. If you went to the last minute, Toast. you're going to be in big trouble. But yeah, I went through probably five or six drafts for some sort of a lot of my essay, at least two or three, at least. I remember, I, this is like storytelling time. I remember one student got kind of behind and we got the UCs done. We hit that deadline. And typically with deadlines for admissions, it's like November 30th, December 1st, December 7th or 8th, 15th. It's like every week some will pop up. And he got to the end, and I think he was looking at, I won't say the school, but it was a high-profile institution on the East Coast. And he just said, no mas. He's like, I can't do it. I'm tapped out. I'm totally spent. And I understood where he was coming from. He had plenty of schools. But I always process what if. Like, what if he wrote those uh, personal statements? And what if he answered their why mm -hmm. questions would he have gotten in? And if he got in, would he have attended? And if he attended, what was his life would have been like? I always wonder about uh, those things. So I always say, you know, you yeah. don't want any regrets in this situation. And school lists exactly. for a number of different reasons. The biggest regret you're going to have as a student or a parent is not paying attention or needs to get involved with the what the kid is doing is making sure you give yourself enough time. So Alex was talking about a couple, three a week. I mean, Alex and I were meeting twice a week because we were up against it. I'm looking right now with one student, they have to write one essay every week to hit the deadlines that are posted. And deadlines are subject to change without notice, but that's one a week. Boom, boom, wow. boom, boom. That's between now and the middle of December because they have so much to write. And if you think about the example I gave you on Capri, if she used to start right now, it's just to write 22. You got to do one every week for 22 for 22 weeks. If you're at four weeks a month, that's five months. 
five months is we're in August. We're getting ready to get into August. So let's just pretend we're in August, August, September, October, November, December. That's one a week for five months. I don't care who you are. You're going to have fatigue. It's going to set in. It is a lot of work to do. So the point of that is not to procrastinate. So before I give you say some tips, Amy, you watched your daughter go through it first. Oh, yeah. and we, we it, just got her off the IV drip. I mean, it's, she's finally. <laughs> and this was such a new experience for me to walk through with her. And thankfully, I mean, Ed, we had you. So for those out there, like having, you know, I'm going to I'm going to promote Ed here because he is the greatest. Colleague. OK, I mean, it's it's true. So everyone listening, just call Ed. He has plenty of time. He can take on oh, yeah. a thousand more students. It's not a problem. <laughs> Thanks. But if you're somewhere else in the country, you're in a different place, or you you know you know somebody having a coach. I don't. I she would have done it, but I don't know. There was a difference of having the accountability, and that's the part I wanted to bring up. So you know, yes, the accountability for her that I knew because if it's just me, I'm I'm just a windbag, right? What am I, I? I mean, she respects me and loves me. I think you know. I mean, we do. We have a great relationship. But if I had been really on her. I think it might've just hit the floor, but because she had accountability with someone that was like, okay, this, this person knows what they're doing. They're not living in the same house. You know, there, there was just that disconnect as far as being in a close relationship that there was an instant, Oh, I I don't want to let him down. She had a definitely had an, an instinct to not want to let you down, but really knowing what her goals were and just that accountability. What do you advise to students if they don't have a coach, they don't have an ed, who can they go to, to make sure that they have that accountability to walk this process? Cause it was the number one differentiator for her. Yeah. So I think if you are in a good relationship with a parent and the, here's the hard part is the parents get emotionally involved and that can be a little bit challenging. No offense, Amy. <laughs> no, here's the hard part is that parents empathize or they try to they sympathize whichever one if they can and the hard part is that not only do they are they nervous about the deadlines and that can be you can hear it in their voice and their facial expression but they're trying to coach them up on writing and an adult writing something and a teenager writing something is different and by the way parents don't even think about writing it they know they have software. They know the voice of a young yep. person. That's amazing. They they can they can see it from a mile away. And I had one parent come to me. He was an analytical guy. He was an attorney. And he said, I read my son's essays, and it's not structured in a very specific way. So he's used to building an argument and going to court. <laughs> That's great for court. When you're writing, you have to be authentic and real. So the hard part about having a parent as that accountability partner is that as a parent, you got to let them express themselves. If they don't answer the prompt, yeah, you got to jump in. If they're all over the place and their thoughts are over here and over there and they don't have any continuity, they don't connect, sure, you're going to have to get in there. But you kind of have to let them do it their way mm-hmm. and let some of that personality come out. But I'll tell you, if I was doing this and I had no one else and I wasn't sure about my parents, I would just go to my English teacher. I mean, mm-hmm. th- they may not have all the experience as it relates to the admissions personal statement side, but they do know writing and they do have experience with that. At the very least, you can ask them, can you help me out? Does what I wrote align with what the institution is asking me? 
And does it make sense to you? Because the other challenge is that when a student is writing, they miss pieces because they know the story in their head. So they can kind of skip through stuff. At least they think they can. Mm -hmm. And you need somebody to ask the question, what did you mean by that? What did this refer to? Because the last thing you want a reader doing is asking a question, go, huh, I wonder what they meant by that. Because now they're distracted. Mm -hmm. There might be a little confused. So you need somebody who's not super close to you so that if they read something that they don't know the experience that you had, they can go, you know what, this was really great, but I, I, don't, I didn't understand what you meant here. I think you should explain that. So I was reading an essay for a student last week, and he was talking about him being sick in Brazil. And then he jumped to this part about his grandfather being sick. And then he jumped to this part about starting a foundation to help sick people in Brazil. And I couldn't figure out how those pieces were connected. And he just said, yeah, well, I wanted to connect to my culture, my heritage. So I started the foundation with my family in Brazil. We worked together on it. I was like, that's it. I, I had to ask him a couple questions because reading it on the surface in his mind, it made perfect sense. Mm -hmm. In my mind, we kind of jumped around and it never got to, I'd say it's called completing a circle. Like you start here. How did you get all the way back here? And as soon as he's like, oh my gosh, I get it now. He was able to plug that piece in, write it. And that's his third revision. So he wrote one, he worked on it. He let me look at it. Now we're in that third revision phase. He should be able to wrap that up next week, but that was more than a week. Right. He's got 16 more to do. So we got to kind of move through it. So if you don't have someone that you can kind of hire to do and work with you on it, I would say parents, but be careful because they're emotionally involved. English teacher is probably a better option just because they have a little bit more experience. So that would be my advice on that. That's great advice. And when she, when she started the process, I remember her standing in the kitchen, looking at me right after she, she knew what the, what she needed to do. She said, I feel like I'm about to climb Mount Everest and, yeah. and I could see it on her that that weight was on her. And I'm so, you know, on the other side of it now, she's like, woo, but I really saw that stress in her realizing that. And as she dove into the process and like you just shared, she's inside herself. She knows her story, but getting that out was a different ball game and finding yeah. those unique traits and those, that unique way of putting that storytelling together that, that I watched her really struggle with that process as she got through to, to those revisions as well. So. I'm glad you you mentioned Mount Everest because I talked I just spoke about the fatigue that comes with it and Alex talked about outlining every single essay you have to write for every single school. There is something that happens to a student when they can start to check them off as being done. Right? So mm-hmm. Alex maybe you could speak to every time you could check off that one's done application got submit. These personal statements are done, application would be submitted. Can you talk about the anxiety that you dealt with and how having that Mount Everest, if you will, where you knew what you had to do and how every time you got to a stage, how it made you feel and how that might've even impacted your ability to keep your will going and moving forward? 
Oh yeah, I mean, that's the that's the feeling I'll never forget, especially starting so late in the game. Mount Everest looked very intimidating, but if you're gonna climb Mount Everest, you gotta have a game plan, you gotta pack, you gotta have your supplies. You get the analogy, but I think it's so important to outline all those things because I could check off things every single week. And that made myself more and more confident in my ability to, okay, I got two applications done now, three, four, five, six, like I can do this. So I think, you know, applauding yourself, getting yourself a pat on the back. And I think having a visual reminder too of knowing, I mean, I've come this far, you know, you just it just a little whiteboard or a piece of paper crossing that off. Just knowing that you've done that much, that you're that much closer to the finish line got me super motivated. So I think the planning of it is just of the utmost importance because it's easy to get burnt out, especially towards the end there. So I think knowing like, all right, I'm this close to the peak, so close, it's almost December, almost got everything done. I was just sort of a reminder for, my, for myself was very important and just really pushed me forward to that finish line. Yeah, I like that visual reminder. I, I usually have a checklist for a student. Uh, an Excel spreadsheet will work. Yeah. A dry erase board. Alex talks about I'm big on dry erase boards. I can write things, yep. take pictures, erase them, check them off. And I would say in the process, like some state schools don't require essays. Some mm -hmm. do. When you're prioritizing them by deadlines, when you start to go through the Common App, What's really cool is some schools don't have supplementals. So there's something really awesome and satisfying to look at a list of eight and then just you can automatically check off and submit three and you just go, mm -hmm. okay, I did the 650 word personal statement for the common app. They didn't require anything else. And that list starts to shrink. And when you can like knock out those three or, you know, Alec went to San Diego State. They didn't require an essay. Great. I can check that off. Submit. That list starts to shrink. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, and in this yep. particular case, it's not a train coming. It's you've reached the, the, the destination, the pinnacle of the mountain, the end of the trip. So making sure that you're, like Alex said, giving yourself a pat on the back for everything that you get done and plotting enough time so that if you got COVID or you wanted to take a week off because you were yeah. going on a special trip somewhere or you are visiting schools in the fall, you do not get in this trap where you, you're just overwhelmed by it. All right. So you guys want a couple tips yes. in terms of the process? Definitely. Right. This is like old school. Alex went through it. The process really hasn't changed. It's probably been refined a little bit. Alisa went through it. <laughs> Capri went through it. So I'm going to take this off memory. So the first thing you have to do is you got to look at that prompt. And I tell folks, copy and paste it right into your Google Doc or your Word Doc. Highlight the keywords. What are they asking you? And keep it at the top of the page all the time and make sure you reference it. Mm. The second thing I want you to do is I want you to, Alex said, dry erase board, a pen and paper, not a computer, a pen and paper. And I want you to take that prompt and you can print out the paper that we're talking about having it to the prompt at the top of the page. I want you to circle it. And then with a blue pen, I want you to write all the facts that you're going to put into this uh, personal statement. In addition to that, I want you to have another pen that's red, 
And that's the emotional impact or the emotional feelings that you had as you were going through it. So you've got a list of facts and a list of emotions attached to it. Mm. There are no wrong answers on that brainstorming and heartstorming process. Matter of fact, I want you to think about you just you're just having like your brain is just throwing up. It's just getting it all out. It's like when you get sick and there's nothing else to come out, you just dry heaving. That's what I equated to. You want to get everything humanly possible on this subject out. Then I want you to get a piece, another piece of paper, and I want you to outline those things. Fact, emotion, emotion, fact, fact, emotion. I want you to list in the way it, you think it should move, how you're going to flow through the topic. If you do it right, anywhere from between half and two thirds on that paper is never making it into this personal statement. The idea is to get everything you can think of out. Once you have an outline, now you can write your introductory paragraph. I can tell you from experience that most introductory paragraphs, when I read it for the first time, it's buried in the second paragraph. They give me this once upon a time and this narrative stuff that I could care less about. I want you to tell me something exciting and unique right out of the gate. Hook mm -hmm. me. Hook me. I want to get hooked. I want to know what's coming next. I want it to be. In so the introduction is huge. Then you're going to write your rough draft. You have the framework for it and outline. So you should be able to fill in the missing pieces and connect those paragraphs. Then you're going to take it and you're going to put it away for 24 to 48 hours and you're going to let it marinate. So I'm a barbecue guy. I'm, I don't know if you guys barbecue, but Alex, if I say let something marinate from a barbecue perspective, what are we doing with it? Just letting it sit, letting the thoughts come out. And I think just kind of letting it be there. So you're like, you can go back to it and be like, okay, this is either really good or this is not so good. And I can take things out. I put things into it and just kind of seeing where everything is at and probably not the best way to explain it as the uh, barbecue would probably have a better one. But I think just coming back to it and just really circling back knowing, all right, what can I add to it? What can I take out? Because you got the emotion out of it. You got the facts out of the way. Now all these other ideas are coming into your head over those next few days. Yep. You pull it out. You see how it's tasting, see if it's good. And we let it go, season it and we move forward. The mm -hmm. other thing I'm going to tell you, this is the time to have somebody read it. Mm -hmm. I'm a little nervous. I didn't say friends before, but I'm a little nervous about friends like high school students. Your peers may not be the best, but if that's all you got, that's all you got. Let somebody read it. And the key here is you want their honest feedback. And you got to give them the pinky swear. I'm not going to hold it against you. <laughs> Say whatever you want. You're not going to hurt my feelings. It's super important because it's my college career, right? Mm -hmm. And then you take their feedback, you make changes, and then you let it marinate again. Another 24 hours. Then you pull it out. And this is key. You have to read it out loud. Yep. Do not read it mm -hmm. silently. Because your brain is an amazing, amazing muscle, and it will literally put words in places because it knows it should be there. If you read it out loud and you hit something that doesn't sound right, highlight it so you can make changes and come back to it. And then one other tip, even in the brainstorming session, 
I like to record. So I'll get my iPhone and I'll start to dictate notes in here and then I'll have it transcribed because what's authentic about your voice is you're telling the story naturally. If you type it, it might not come out naturally. So when this young man last week said it was this, this, and this, I'm like, stop. You need to write that down right now. And he's like, wait, what did I say? I'm, I'm like, oh, you record it because not only do you always have it, it'll be more natural. And when you're trying to write, it's got to be natural. Yeah. I don't care about your multisyllabic SAT words. That doesn't mean anything to me because if it doesn't sound natural, the first question they're going to ask you, ask themselves is, does this kid really talk like this? Mm -hmm. And if you do, you'll know because the context of it will tell them, yeah, I'm a sophisticated writer. But if you're just throwing words in there because you think it impresses them, it doesn't. So don't. And then the last thing on this, this, this draft, when it's all done, I want you to put it away. And before you submit, you're going to read out loud one more time. Because once you let it sit a little bit more, Something might happen where you go, oh, you know what? One little tweak here, one couple word changes here, I think will make a, a little bit of a difference. And I think that's the key is you notice in that process, it takes time. You have to have time to go through all of that. Where young people get in trouble is they shortcut that. They're like, I'm just get out my keyboard. I'm done doesn't work that way. At least it doesn't work nope. effectively that way. And the other thing I'm going to tell you is do not try to work on more than one personal statement at a time. Your brain's good, but it ain't that good. <laughs> yep. Write one, finish one, check it off, move to the next. Like Alex was talking about, you want those, hey, I finished, I finished. Because this young lady did this last year where she's trying to juggle four at a time. And by the time I got involved, I'm like, stop. You've got two half done, one quarter of the way, one three quarters, and they all kind of need to start over. So don't try to wrestle with them at the same time. Your brain does another thing that's really cool while you're sleeping. It'll process it. Mm -hmm. You might wake up in the middle of the night. Amy, I don't know if you've done this writing a song. Oh. And you go, that's what I wanted to say. Bingo. And then they go, oh, I'll write it down in the morning. Uh-uh. <laughs> Remember I said like record, record, or write it down in a notebook. Because I've had some really brilliant ideas that I'm like, I'll get to it in the morning. And I wake up and I go, it's gone. What was it that I was going to say? It's history. Yep. Let your brain do what it was designed to do. Don't ask it to do any more than you can expect it. Yep. I have a 53-year-old brain. I cannot push it. Young people, you guys are invincible. I get it. But I'm trust me on this. I mean, last year, I read and helped edit about 150 essays. So I know this. I've been doing it for 18 years. Do not try to tackle all of them at the same time. And so that's really the key. And I just want to make sure that we also know that when you talk about your experience, let it all out. Some young people want to hold their emotion to themselves. Doesn't do you any good. Get comfortable. Alex, what's my quote about being uncomfortable? Be comfortable with it. Yep. Be, be comfortable. Be, 
being uncomfortable. Get comfortable being uncomfortable because if it's not uncomfortable, it's probably not that good. Mm-hmm. It's probably not that good. Mm-hmm. And if it's not that good, it's not going to be that good to them. And if it's not that good to them, as we talked about at the beginning, if it represents 25% of the decision-making process and you're competing with other great students, that can make or break you mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And one last thing, and then you guys can chime in. There's no such thing as an optional personal statement. If they say it's optional, it's not optional. <laughs> you write everything that you or they ask you to write, unless it doesn't apply. Sometimes they might ask you, "Is like, did you have a learning disability? It doesn't apply to you. Don't. And don't fake it on the COVID question either. It's like, what was the biggest challenge you had on COVID? Man, my internet went out and I was really bummed. I couldn't play Grand Theft Auto. That's not going to do it. You want to know about real challenges. If you don't have a real challenge, don't wing that either. So those are my thoughts on it. Um, any, uh, You guys can comment as much as you want. Ask any questions. Tell me what you think. That was That's just such powerful information. I just want to step in as a, as a communications coach with you know executives. A lot of the nuggets that you just gave and really important tips are exactly what applies in life. These, these techniques of how to write, how to double check your work, how to tackle a project, time management, everything is going to go into whatever career that is chosen. And these, these are so important. The reading out loud, it's, I I will, I'll get a script that somebody wrote that they need a voiceover from me. And I'll go, whoever wrote this, never read it out loud. That's like my pet peeve. It's my pet peeve because it's one thing when you write it out a certain way, it's another thing to deliver it. When that becomes cohesive, you can find that magic and you just hit it head on with that. And I, I love that. It was brilliant. And um, I mean, what an incredible episode If anybody knows anybody who is doing college apps this year. This is the must listen. Yeah. You know what I just realized? I have a special guest I'm going to try to get on. He has a PhD in English from UCLA and he also is a, a writing coach for young people who are trying to get into college or they're writing stuff for work. I'm going to see if I can grab him because he's read a lot of personal statements. He's done some teaching at UCLA in English. So I'll see if I can grab him and we'll do a little follow up with I him just to see how much I was right or how much he's right. And <laughs> you never can yeah. get real. There's no such thing as too much right information. So right. I'll see if I can grab him and see if he can join us for one of these times. He just moved recently. So I'm going to see if I can get him on so we can continue this conversation. But it's amazing. huge. It's gigantic. It's amazing. everything. It, it's he, everything. It's just it's so everything. many golden nuggets. I mean, that the, the, the advice that you just gave and the way you just described that and broke it down could literally change the direction and the path of someone's life based on where they end up mm-hmm. going to university, where they, they yeah. their life then. Like you're saying, you look back and go, wow, if, if, if he had applied to that one school on the East Coast, what would his life have been? Would he have gotten accepted? The information that you just gave today literally could change the entire direction of many lives just by listening to this advice, taking it on and tackling it this way. I, I, I'm going to ask your permission on air. I want to get the video that you and Elisa had when she got the word she got into UCSD. Oh, yeah. The you amount of exuberance and excitement. I mean, that's what you're looking for. It's the payoff. It's the hard work that you put in through the most grueling five months of your life. If you're starting a little bit later than you should, it's the payoff that says, I got where I wanted to go. 
knowing that you did everything humanly possible to make that happen. And when you put your head on the pillow at night, you rest assured that you did it all. If it doesn't work out and you did it all, you you can live with that. But if you wing this and you wonder what if, it's one of those decisions that'll haunt you for the rest of your life. I will happily keep that video circulated, even though it is my ugly cry. I mean, it is not. It, it is my ugly cry, but it was. It was just to see her with that kind of self-empowerment to go, oh, my gosh. And and no, remembering her saying this is like Mount Everest and then to fast forward those months later and, and to have that accomplishment. And it was all hers. It was all hers. I just got to watch it and be a part of it. And it was just absolutely incredible. And Alex, I'm sure you felt the same way when it was your turn. Feeling I'll never forget Absolutely. My, for every single acceptance that I got, and especially for the one that I really wanted to get into. So that's the feeling that'll stick with you for the rest of your life, yeah. especially when it sets you up for so much success. But it's a grind that climbing Mount Everest, it's tough, but man, is it so worth it. So worth it. It's so worth it. This has been an absolutely incredible time. Ed, thank you for what you are giving to so many by doing this. It's one thing to the clients that say, hey, we need you and you privately work with them one-on-one. It's another thing to come onto this platform that anybody who has this link, anybody listening right now can get this information and pass it on to someone that they love. This is incredible and it is truly a blessing that you are giving back the way that you are, Alex, for you to go through the process yourself and say, hey, I wanna give back. I wanna get this information. I wanna help mentor others that are coming through the ranks so that they can can be successful that's what we want everybody listening to this we want you to be successful and take these tools all the way into your life so if you know someone please share this send it over and while you're there make sure you subscribe to the channel and you don't want to miss any of the amazing episodes here on two old kids and two young adults podcast we'll see you next time thanks bye-bye make sure and subscribe to this show so you don't miss the next episode of two old kids and two young adults podcast We want to hear from you as well. You can email us at 2ok2ya at gmail.com.